You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Induction Vault, a production of iHeartRadio and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The great rock songwriter and blue-collar bard of New Jersey, Bruce Springsteen, was on hand to induct U2 into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with a quite fittingly funny and literary speech. The boss sings the praises of each of the four lads, underscoring how their songwriting, spirituality, and democratic nature have contributed to the band's success. U2 frontman Bono pays tribute to his home country as well as his bandmates and lifts up several other Rock Hall inductees during his joy-filled speech. The Edge, Larry Mullen Jr., and Adam Clayton chime in with a little humor and a lot of heart before their performance concludes the night ceremony. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. That translates as one, two, three, 
14. That is the correct math for a rock and roll band. For in art and love and rock and roll, the whole had better equal much more than the sum of its parts, or else you're just rubbing two sticks together in search of a fire. A great rock band searches for the same kind of combustible force that fueled the expansion of the universe after the Big Bang. You want the earth to shake and spit fire. You want the sky to split apart and for God to pour out. It's embarrassing to want so much and expect so much from music, except sometimes it happens. The Sun Sessions, Highway 61, Sergeant Peppers, The Band, Robert Johnson, Exile on Main Street, Born to Run. Oops, I meant to leave that one out. Uh, the Sex Pistols, Aretha Franklin, The Clash, James Brown, and the power of public enemies that takes a nation of millions to hold us back. This was music meant to take on not only the powers that be, but on a good day, the universe and God himself if he was listening. It demands accountability, and you too belongs on this list. It was the early 80s, I went with Pete Townsend, always wanted to catch the first whiff of those about to unseat us to a club in London. There they were, a young Bono, single-handedly pioneering the Irish mullet. <laughs> the Edge. What kind of name was that? Adam and Larry. I was listening to the last band of whom I would be able to name all of its members. They had an exciting show and a big, beautiful sound. They lifted the roof. We met afterwards, and they were nice young men, and they were Irish, Irish. Now, this would play an enormous part in their success in the States. For while the English occasionally have their refined sensibilities to overcome, we Irish and Italians have no such problem. We come through the door, fists and hearts first. You two, with the dark chiming sound of heaven at their command, which of course is the sound of unrequited love and longing, their greatest theme, their search for God intact, this was a band that wanted to lay claim to not only this world, but had their eyes on the next one, too. Now, they're a real band. Each member plays a vital part. And I believe they actually practice some form of democracy, toxic poison in a band setting. In Iraq, maybe. In rock, no. Yet, they survive. They have harnessed the time bomb that exists at the heart of every great rock and roll band and usually explodes, as we've seen regularly from this stage. But they seem to have innately understood the primary rule of rock band job security. Hey, asshole, the other guy is more important than you think he is. They are both a step forward and direct descendants of the great bands who believed Rock music could shake things up in the world, who dared to have faith in their audience, and who believed if they played their best, it would bring out the best in you. They believed in pop stardom and the big time. Now this requires foolishness and a calculating mind. 
It also requires a deeply held faith in the work you're doing and in its powers to transform. You two hungered for it all and built a sound, and they wrote the songs that demanded it. They're the keepers of some of the most beautiful sonic architecture in rock and roll. The edge, the edge, the edge, the edge. He is... He is a rare and true guitar original and one of the subtlest guitar heroes of all time. He's dedicated to ensemble playing and he subsumes his guitar ego in the group. But do not be fooled. Think Jimi Hendrix, Chuck Berry, Neil Young, Pete Townsend, guitarists who define the sound of their band and their times. If you play like them, you sound like them. If you are playing those rhythmic, two-note sustained fourths, drenched in echo, you are going to sound like the edge, my son. Go back, go back to the drawing board, and chances are you won't have much luck. There are only a handful of guitar stylists who can create a world with their instrument, and he's one of them. The Edge's guitar playing creates enormous space and vast landscapes. It is thrilling and a heartbreaking sound that hangs over you like the unsettled sky. In the turf it stakes out, it is inherently spiritual. It is grace and it is a gift. Now all of this has to be held down by something. The deep sureness of Adam Clayton's bass and the rhythms of Larry Mullen's elegant drumming hold the band down while propelling it forward. It's in U2's great rhythm section that the band finds its sexuality and its dangerousness. Listen to Desire. She moves in mysterious ways, the pulse of with or without you. Together, Larry and Adam create the element that suggests the ecstatic possibilities of that other kingdom, the one below the earth and below the belt, that no great rock band can lay claim to the title without. Now, Adam always strikes me as the professorial one, the sophisticated member. He creates not only the musical, but the physical stability on his side of the stage. The tone and depth of his bass playing has allowed the band to move from rock to dance music and beyond. One of the first things I noticed about you 2 was that underneath the guitar and the bass, they have these very modern rhythms going on. And rather than a straight two and four, Larry often plays with a lot of syncopation and that connects the band to modern dance textures. The drums often sounded high and tight, and he was swinging down there, and this gave the band a unique profile and allowed their rock textures to soar above on a bed of his rhythm. Now, Larry, of course, besides being an incredible drummer, bears the burden of being the band's requisite good-looking member. <laughs> Something we somehow overlooked in the East Street Band. We have to settle for charismatic. <laughs> the girls love on Larry Mullen. I have a female assistant that would like to sit on Larry's drum stool. A male one, too. We all have our crosses to bear. Bono, where do I begin? Jeans designer soon-to-be World Bank operator, just plain operator, seller of the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, oh no, he played under the Brooklyn Bridge, that right. 
soon-to-be mastermind of the Bono Burger franchise, where more than one billion stories will be told by a crazy Irishman. I realize it's a dirty job and somebody has to do it. But don't quit your day job yet, my friend. You're pretty good at it. And a sound this big needs somebody to ride herd over it. And ride herd over it, he does. He has a voice big-hearted and open, thoroughly decent, no matter how hard he tries. And he's a great front man. Against the odds, he is not your mom's standard skinny ex-junkie archetype. He has a physique of a rugby player. Well, an ex-rugby player. <laughs> Shaman, shyster, one of the greatest and most endearingly naked messianic complexes in rock and roll. <laughs> God bless you, man. <laughs> it takes one to know one, of course. <laughs> you see, every good Irish and Italian-Irish front man knows that before James Brown, there was Jesus. So hold the McDonald arches on the stage set, boys. We are not ironists. We are creations of the heart and of the earth and of the stations of the cross. There's no getting out of it. He is gifted with an operatic voice and a beautiful falsetto, rare among strong rock singers. But most important, his is a voice shot through with self-doubt. That's what makes that big sound work. It is this element of Bono's talent, along with his beautiful lyric writing, that gives the often celestial music of U2 its fragility and its realness. It is the questioning, the constant questioning in Bono's voice, where the band stakes its claim to its humanity and declares its commonality with us. Now, Bono's voice often sounds like it's shouting not over top of the band, but from deep within it. Here we are, Lord, this mess in your image. He delivers all of this with great drama and an occasional smirk that says, kiss me, I'm Irish. <laughs> He's one of the great front men of the past 20 years. He's also one of the only musicians who brought his personal faith and the ideals of his band into the real world in a way that remains true to Rock's earliest implications of freedom and connection and the possibility of something better. Now the band's beautiful songwriting, Pride in the Name of Love, Sunday Bloody Sunday, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. One, where the streets have no name, beautiful day, remind us of the stakes that the band always plays for. That's an incredible songbook. In their music, you hear the spiritual, the spirituality as home and as quest. How do you find God unless he's in your heart, in your desire, in your feet? I believe this is a big part of what's kept their band together all of these years. See, bands get formed by accident, but they don't survive by accident. It takes will, intent, a sense of shared purpose, and a tolerance for your friend's fallibilities and they of yours, and that only evens the odds. You two's not only even the odds, but they've beaten them by continuing to do their finest work and remaining at the top of their game and the charts for 25 years. I feel a great affinity for these guys as people as well as musicians. Well, there I was sitting on the couch in my pajamas with my eldest son, 
He was watching TV. I was doing one of my favorite things. I was tallying up all the money I passed up in endorsements over the years and thinking of all the fun I could have had with it. Suddenly I hear uno, dos, tres, catorce. I look up, but instead of the silhouettes of the hippie wannabes bouncing around in the iPod commercial, I see my boys. Oh my God, they've sold out. Now, what I know about the iPod is this. It is, a, it is a device that plays music. Of course, the new song sounded great, my pals were doing great, but methinks I hear the footsteps of my old tape operator, Jimmy Iovine, somewhere. <laughs> Wily, smart. Now, personally, I live an insanely expensive lifestyle that my wife barely tolerates. I burn money and that calls for huge amounts of cash flow. But I also have a ludicrous image of myself that keeps me from truly cashing in. You can see my problem. Woe is me. So the next morning, I call up John Landau, or as I refer to him, the American Paul McGinnis. And I say, did you see that iPod thing? And he says, yes. And he says, and I hear they didn't take any money. And I say, they didn't take any money? And he says, no. I think, smart, wily Irish guys. Anybody, anybody can do an ad and take the money. But to do the ad and not take the money, that's smart. That's Wiley. I tell John, I say, John, I want you to call up Bill Gates or whoever is behind this thing and float this. A red, white, and blue iPod signed by Bruce the Boss Springsteen. And remember, no matter how much money he offers, don't take it! <laughs> at any rate, at any rate, after that evening, for the next month or so, I hear emanating from my lovely 14-year-old son's room, day after day, down the hall, calling out in a voice that has recently dropped very low, Uno, dos, tres, catorce. The correct math for rock and roll. Thank you, boys. This band, this band, this band has carried their faith in the great inspirational and resurrective power of rock and roll with them. They've never faltered, only a little bit. They believed in themselves, but more importantly, they believed in you too. Thank you, Bono, Edge, Adam, and Larry. Please welcome you two to the Rock Hall of Fame.
After the break, we'll hear from the members of U2 on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Born in the USA, my arse. That man was born on the north side of Dublin. He's Irish. His mother was Irish, the poetry, the gift of the gab. Isn't it obvious? In fact, I think he's tall for an Irishman. It's an Irish occasion this evening. Paddy Sledge. You know, the OJs. <laughs> They're a tribe from the west of Ireland. <clears throat> Christy. Chrissy Hind. <clears throat> We'd like her to be Irish. Uh, and this is what? You know, a bit of an Irish wedding. I mean, it is. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a bit of an Irish wedding. Beautiful girls and beautiful frocks. Fights in the bathroom, managers and clients again, lawyers with bloody noses. It's an Irish wedding. It's a, it's a great occasion. And uh, I even like it when it gets dirty. And I've seen it get really dirty <clears throat> over the years here. But rock and roll is the sound of revenge. So make your enemies interesting, I would say, ladies and gentlemen. But not tonight. When I, when we look out into the audience, we don't see any enemies. We, we just see friends. And this country has taken a, this band into its bosom all the way from the very beginning. Thank you. It's, it's, a, uh, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. Franco Barcelona, early on. There's a great friend, Irish friend. Chris Blackwell. What an incredible man he was to have looking after you. And I, and I just, you know, can you imagine your second album, the difficult second album, it's about God. <laughs> and the rec everyone, everyone is staring their hair out. And Chris Blackwell goes, you know, it's okay. It's Bob Marley and Marvin Gaye and Bob Dylan. It's kind of a tradition. We can get through this. And, uh, and I think about what Frank Barcelona said earlier, about long-term vision. Because, you know, without Frank Barcelona and Barbara Skydell, and that kind of long-term vision of Chris Blackwell, there would be no U2 after that second album. We would have been dropped. No beautiful day, no Sunday, bloody Sunday, no unforgettable fire, no one, nowhere the streets of no name, no with or without you. And that's the thing I want to take away from tonight. I, want, I would like to ask the music business to look at itself and ask itself some hard questions out of tonight because there would be no U2 the way things are right now. That's a fact. <clears throat> Only friends out there were still Rolling Stone puts us on the cover of their magazine. Thank you very much, Jan. MTV and VH1 still play our videos. College Radio still believes in our band and makes our band believe in ourselves. It's an amazing place to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, feeling like this, feeling like you've just put out your first album. It's a nice feeling, very, very special feeling. And I see around friends and people that we've worked with for a long time, and generally not, don't do the big thank you speeches just because they're boring. And, uh, but why stop the tradition of a lifetime? 
It's too many people in the room to thank, but I'd like to thank the really gorgeous women that work for us for a long time because they're fun to thank. <clears throat> Beautiful, gorgeous women that run principal management. Ellen Darst, thank you very much. Sheila Roach, thank you very much. Anne-Louise Kelly, thank you very much. Karen Kaplan, thank you very much. Regine Moylet, thank you very much. Beautiful, sexy, sometimes Irish, sometimes American women, thank you. Um, lots of bodyguards around here. No bigger bodyguard than Jimmy and Doug. Jimmy Iovine and Doug Morris have continued in the tradition of Chris Blackwell, which is letting us get away with pretty much everything we want. So I want to thank them very much. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, the biggest bodyguard of all has got to be our manager, Paul McGuinness, sitting right there. The reason why no one in this band has slaves scrawled on their face. Paul McGuinness, thank you very much. I won't go on, but just three Kodak moments over 25 years I'd like to share with you. One, it's 1976, Larry Mullen's kitchen. It's about the size of the drum riser he uses now. It's a big, bright red, scarlet, really, Japanese kit. And he's sitting behind it in his kitchen. And he's playing, and the ground shakes, and the sky opens up, like Bruce was saying earlier. And it still does. But now I know why. I know why because Larry Mullen cannot tell a lie. And his brutal honesty is something that we need in this band. Second Kodak moment. I think it's 1982, New Haven, I believe. Things are not going very well. There's a punk rock band on stage trying to play Bach. <laughs> a fight breaks out. It's between the band. <laughs> it's very, very messy. Now you look at this guitar genius. You look at this zen-like master that is the edge. <clears throat> and you hear those brittle, icy notes. And you might be forgiven for not realizing that you cannot play like that unless you have a rage inside you. And in fact, I had forgotten that on that particular night, and he tried to break my nose. <laughs> and I learned a very great lesson. Do not pick a fight with somebody who for a living lives off hand-to-eye coordination. Not a good idea. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous man, the edge. <clears throat> Third Kodak moment. Uh, 1987. Um, somewhere in the south. We've been campaigning for Dr. King for his, his, his birthday to be a national holiday. And in Arizona, they're saying no. We've been campaigning very, very hard for Dr. King. Some people don't like it. Some people get very annoyed. Some people want to kill the singer. Some people are taken very seriously by the FBI. And they tell the singer that he shouldn't play the gig because tonight his, his, his life is at risk and he must not go on stage. The singer laughs. 
singer like you know we're, of course we're playing the gig of course we go on stage and I'm sitting standing there singing pride in the name of love and I've got to the third verse I've closed my eyes and I know I'm, I'm excited about meeting my maker but maybe not tonight <laughs> I don't really want to meet my maker tonight I close my eyes and when I look up I see Adam Clayton standing in front of me holding his bass like only Adam Clayton can hold his bass and you know there's people in this room who tell you they take a bullet for you but Adam Clayton would have taken a bullet for me and I guess that's what it's like to be in a truly great rock and roll band I know Chrissy Hine knows what that means We'll be back with words from U2's powerhouse rhythm section after this break. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. 
Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's got a Blackberry out. That is great. I am, in the end, the technology guy of you two, which really... All, all it means is I can fix the printer when, when it goes on. But, but I don't tell them that. So, um, above all else, what you two have tried to avoid over the last 25 years is not being completely crap. Um, but next on the list, down from that, was to avoid being typical, uh, predictable, um, and ordinary, because it's so very hard to avoid the cliches. Everyone else's, of course, but most of all your own. It's so hard to keep things fresh and not to become a parody of yourself. And if you've ever seen that movie Spinal Tap, you will know how easy it is to parody what we all do. Um, the first time I ever saw it, I didn't laugh. I wept. <laughs> I... Uh, I wept because I recognized so much in so many of those scenes. I don't think I'm alone amongst all of us here in that. Um, you know, we're all guilty of taking ourselves and our work way too seriously. Um, we have all gone to hang out in the hotel lobby like we were doing something really important. But. The reason we're all here tonight is that in spite of all the cliches, which do exist, you know, rock and roll, when it is great, it is amazing. It, it changes your life. It changed our lives. Witness, for instance, tonight, the OJs, Percy Sledge, Bo Diddley, Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, B.B. King, The Pretenders. I mean, amazing, really magic stuff. You can break it down. You can study it all you want, but you cannot just dial it up. It doesn't work like that. And as far as you two goes, I've stopped trying to figure out how, or more importantly, when our best moments are going to come along. But I think that's why we're still awake, and that's why we're still paying attention. And we know in the end, you see, we know that it is magic. And so we end up waiting around, like, like we all do sometimes, like, like actors in some Beckett play, just, just like they did in that Spinal Tap movie, in the lobby, waiting around, waiting for some magic to happen. And we've done a lot of that over the years, I have to say. I've done a lot of waiting with Bono, with Adam and, and Larry and Paul for those moments to come along. 
And we've had some brilliant people with us during those times, our producers, Steve Lillywhite, Brian Eno, Danny Lanois, Jimmy Iovine, Nellie Hooper, our great engineers, uh, principal management team that Bono has talked about, Flood. Thank you, Bono. Um, our, our show collaborators who've been with us from the beginning, Willie Williams and all his team, our road crew, fantastic people, Joe O'Hurley, Bucky, Jake, Dallas, Fraser, who isn't here, Stuart, uh, incredible people that we couldn't have hoped of going through the last 25 years without. Um, and tonight it feels like it's just about half the room has been along with us on that journey. So I just want to say thank you to my family for being so patient, my mum and dad for showing me how, um, the rest of the band particularly, and tonight, you know, for all of you for, for this evening. And most of all for, I guess, making space for me as we all wait together for something magic to happen. Thank you. I promise I'll be brief. Um, thanks for this tonight. We really appreciate it. It's very special. Um, I feel like we've cut the line or jumped the queue along the way someplace along the way and we would never have got out of my kitchen in our town in Dublin had it not been for people like the Sex Pistols, Tom Verlaine Television, Roxy Music and Paddy Smith. These people are in our Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you. The bass player approaching the microphone. Um, what's he going to say? Um, I feel baseless. Okay, yesterday, it was my 45th birthday. And that's a fine age to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That means 25 years ago we released our first recording. That means 29 years ago we all met and formed our band. 30 years ago I got my first bass guitar, or as I thought, a guitar with only four strings. <laughs> I had no idea what bass was. I had not heard of James Jameson, Duck Dunn, Jack Bruce, John Entwistle, or Bootsy Collins. I just knew I had a weapon and a shield to take on the world. When we all got together in Larry's kitchen, we didn't know about the great traditions of American music. We didn't know the blues or soul or R&B or country, but we did know that together we had a chance to change the world by making a noise. This was punk and it saved my ass. We needed someone to get us gigs and to pay for demos. We met Paul McGuinness and he became our manager. Next we needed a record deal. We were turned down by many people until Nick Stewart offered us a deal at Island Records. This was the start of a long relationship with Island. Many people along the way helped us develop and grow. Rob, Part Rob Partridge and, of course, Chris Blackwell. 
Ian Wilson and Ian Flukes were our UK agents. We made three records with Steve Lillywhite, Came to America, and Frank Barcelona and Barbara Skydell were our US agents. They introduced us to a network of promoters, Barry Fay, Bill Graham, Ronnie Delsner. <laughs> Ellen Darst and Karen Kaplan ran our US office, and they taught us how radio and promotion worked. As we were learning all this stuff about the music business, we were also learning about American music and the kind of artists that are honored here by the Hall of Fame. John Lee Hooker, B.B. King, Hank Williams, Ray Charles, Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan. Um, now our generation is being inducted, and our time has come to join those that we did not know 25 years ago. And I hope that in 25 years, when this room is full of hip-hop and pop artists, that they will enjoy joining the diverse list of talents that the Hall of Fame recognizes. It took many people to get this band here tonight, and I would like to thank some of them personally. Paul McGuinness and Kathy Gilfillan, Anne-Louise Kelly, Ellen Darst, Karen Kaplan, Sheila Roach, Regine Moylet, Barbara Galvin, Susan Hunter, Trevor Bowen, Gavin Friday, Chris Blackwell, Anton Corbin, Steve Lillywhite, Danny Lanois, Brian Eno, Jimmy Iovine, Doug Morris, Arthur Fogel and Michael Cole, Dennis Sheehan, Joe O'Hurlihy, Willie Williams, Sharon Blankson, Dallas, Sammy, Stewart and Terry. But in the end, the people who really got me here tonight and who I must thank for everything I have are Ali, Anne, Morley, Susie, Larry, Edge and Bono. Thank you. I'd really like to thank Bruce for what he said, and I fortunately can remember the names of everyone in the band as well. <laughs> we have about 35 songs to play, it won't be long. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. For more on your favorite inductees, to shop inductee merch, or to plan your trip to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, visit rockhall.com. Plus, view the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction special on demand on HBO Max. Our executive producers are Noel Brown, Shelby Morrison, and Risa Gerke. Supervising producer is Taylor Shacoin. Research and archival assistance from Isabel Kiefer and Shannon Erb. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Vault. Induction Vault is a production of iHeartRadio and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. 
I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 